the artist's brain is an independent variable. When brought into the everyday world, their senses find meaning in even the most mundane observations. The reaction must only be told by the artists themselves. I'm Loverboy, and this is an experiment. Today's guest is a singer, songwriter, and artist who at a young age made their way from Florida to Los Angeles, California. Starting on a high note with his band, The Pink Slips, he found the opportunity to tour the world. And with no sign of slowing down, he's coming out with his debut album for his new solo project. And that's coming out on April 8th. Please welcome today's guest, Trent Peltz. Hell yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. Dude, my pleasure. Thank you, you for uh, having me. We've been, we've been trying to make this happen for a little bit. And I'm really excited to not only get to have you on the podcast, but we got to jam a bit and... Every time I've seen you, what I think I've seen you play twice now, definitely yeah. once, and you uh, have a very similar way of going about your stage presence as you do just being with people, <laughs> which is like just a very comfortable, fun. I, you always seem like you're having a good time. I try, I try. So it's it's, <laughs> it's cool to see that that's not like that. That's that's how you do everything in your life. That's from from my perspective. From how how the few times I've got to meet you. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I definitely try to live with a, you know, kindred, young, light spirit. I love I think it. It's really important, you know. So tell me a little bit about you. You started off in Florida. Yeah. What part? Uh, St. Petersburg's really close to Tampa. Killing. And yeah, moved out here when I was 10. Was really, really creative from a really early age, you know, knew like almost every Beatles song by the time I was like eight and all Elvis songs and, you know, would dress up to go to the grocery store, you know, and sing in the cart, you know, and do Elvis impersonations. So Florida wasn't the right place for me. <laughs> Did you have, um, were your parents um, into music or into the arts at all? Not really at all. Um, my dad owns shoe businesses. And oh, wow. so very much so not in the arts at all. Yeah. He's pretty just straight up Floridian guy, great guy, but very Floridian. So where'd you get the music from? Um, That's a great question. I literally... I just started out really wanting to do, you know, like dance and musical theater when I was around mm -hmm. six. Um, and one of my sisters, I've told her sisters, one of them was also really creative from a young age, was a great like opera singer, actually, at a oh, young really? age. So that kind of inspired me. My mom was very supportive of it. Um, and so she, you know, just wanted to help us out any way possible, found all the outlets, the minimal outlets that there were in St. Petersburg, Florida. Totally. Um, and by the time we got to kind of, I was 10, my sisters were a little older. She realized, okay, like, this is not the right place for, for my children. Totally. Um, and we took a little trial run in LA when I was 10 and immediately got an agent. It was um, originally wow. for just acting. Um, oh, killer. And so you so, started acting. Yeah, started out acting, booked a commercial right away, a Gushers commercial. So my head blew up and do it. <laughs> Wild. Giant fruit. Um, so that was fun. And it immediately was like, okay, like, wow, LA is the place. Yeah. And then quickly carried over into wanting to do music and even a better place for that. So so um, when you came out here to act, did you did you have any signs of doing music at all? Or, or were you not really looking to do that as a profession? Yeah, no, when I, I was definitely still really musical, like to sing. Um, but basically, when I was around eight, my mom put me into classical piano lessons, like okay. a lot of young children. Yeah. Um, and I hated it absolutely hated it all i wanted to play was let it be by the beatles and like my teacher wouldn't teach me it yeah um so i'd rip up my 
you know, practice books and stuff like that was really anti, <laughs> anti playing the instruments or, or at least classical music. Yeah. Um, but I moved out here and for the first like eight, nine months, wasn't really doing anything musical. Then started liking a girl in fifth grade and, um, Read some songs for and her. her surprise birthday party was coming up and I wanted to surprise her with a song. So I pulled out my old keyboard, wrote her a song. It was totally ripped off from that, uh, Vanessa Hudgens song, baby, come back or <laughs> baby, come back to me. Little funny antidote, but, uh, yeah. You remember so I, it? Kind of not really. And even if I did, I probably would say <laughs> that exact same answer. <laughs> um, but you yeah, released no, it? Is I, that on the new album? No, definitely not. Maybe maybe some <laughs> things pulled from that, you know, but but I played it for this girl at her surprise birthday party and absolutely embarrassed the living hell out of her. But everyone else loved it. And it was the first sign of me being like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like embar you, embarrass chicks and like make all my friends really happy. You know? Did you no. like <laughs> the the stage part of it? Did you like playing in front of people? Is that kind of like what got you into it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the feeling I got from after that in all seriousness was just such a overwhelming, you know, joyous experience. Yeah. You know, all my friends were there. They were so stoked that I just did this. You know, it was like definitely pretty ballsy for like a fifth grader, you know. I wouldn't have done that. I, that's that's impressive. Yeah, I even stopped it in the middle, like and tried to rip a guitar solo. Not like mm -hmm. stopped playing the keys, ripped the guitar solo. Oh yeah. It was not good, but <laughs> but it, it was the first step. And then became so obsessed fun. and started writing music. And my parents were going through a divorce at the time, and it was really hard on me. And so that's when it became really, really my outlet for you know kind of my therapy um totally. and because that was kind of my experience like getting started with mm -hmm. music that's always carried a lot of weight for me in terms of using music for you know the power of love and connection and Absolutely. you know therapeutic reasons. and especially at a younger age it's such a it's such a good way to kind of be able to go through your, your thoughts from a little bit of a third person perspective and not feel too attached yeah um i i, I think most people find that when they're writing music, it almost feels like you're, like you're stepping outside of yourself a little bit and you can kind of analyze things a little bit different, I guess a little bit different. Did you feel that same sort of connection when you were acting or did you not have the same sort of release of emotion? No, I, yeah, I definitely, um, I felt with acting, it was really fun and extremely rewarding. Um, mm -hmm. I think it taught me a totally different lesson of like perseverance through a lot of like failure um, yeah. and a lot of rejection which I think you get in music, but it's a, a little bit different of a way. Mm -hmm. um, and so with acting, it taught me a lot. It was a very like growing experience. I acted until I was 18 when I went to college. Um, but music had so much more power and, yeah. um, you know, a hold on me, really. Something and that I could never give up and I, I've given up acting, you know, so. When did you decide that that was like, that was it? I'm, I'm going to drop everything and that's going to be what I'm going to focus on. Yeah. Um, so basically a year after I started writing music. So after I started, you know, writing music for that girl and you know, writing music basically every day for that year, I was at a, um, a random benefit Yoko Ono benefit, uh, oh, wow. event in on, I befriend, I was really outgoing as a young kid befriended mm -hmm. this guy who owned a gallery in, in Beverly Hills he was hosting this Yoko Ono event, went, and Mike Garson, who is David Bowie's piano player, mm -hmm. he was the guest, like, the guest performer. 
I went up to him after he performed and just started talking to him about like music and everything. He was like, where's, where's your mom at? Like, I want to, I want to talk to your mom. And I brought her to my mom and he was like, I want to teach your son. Like he seems to really get what music is about. Um, And he was like, I've only taught like two other kids before. And I was like, Whoa, like he clearly knew what he was doing though. Yeah. I mean, he, and he, I didn't play it for him or anything. I, I was just really talking to him about like how, just like I was saying, like music served as like this great therapy for me. And like, I think he was pretty impressed by that from a young, young kid, you know, this 11 year old. Um, so he took me under his wing and really, really became my mentor and still is to this day. Um, and so he's taught me everything, everything I know basically. And it it really was in that moment kind of where I realized like, wow, like if this is someone of such high esteem in my, you know, my regard, Mm -hmm. um, kind of wants to take me under like, wow, okay, then maybe I do get this, you know, and it became a reality. How far along were you as a piano player pre-meeting him? Not that far. Uh, I, in terms of, like, chops, like, I basically, my grandpa taught me the blues scale right right away because he yeah. understood that that's what I wanted to be playing, you know, totally. the Beatles and, you know, Ray Charles stuff. Um, and so learned the blues scale, and I, I started getting my chops up pretty quickly, like, when mm-hmm. I started studying with Mike, I could play, you know, but I didn't know what a sustain pedal was. You know, I didn't oh, have wow. any technical training really because yeah. I wasn't pulling anything from my classical, you know, year of training. So it really was just all by ear, lots of just messing around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not amazing, but could could hang. But at a, at a point where he could really teach you as as a, a piano player, not just learning how to play piano. It, exactly. Like I was able to. I didn't go in there and embarrass myself, you know, oh, yeah. like to, to put it very plainly. So I'm curious, just going back a little bit, if you were talking to somebody who was where you were at at the time when your parents were, were splitting up and you were finding music, yeah. what would you tell somebody who's in that situation right now on how to kind of start finding it and being able to use it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it comes in so many different shapes and forms, you know, yeah. I feel like for different people. Um, but I mean, I, I think what was the most valuable for me is that like I wasn't doing it for anyone else except myself. Mm. Um, I wasn't doing it for my mom. I wasn't doing it for any like any person. You know, there wasn't like even a goal in mind really. It just um, was messing around, and there were no wrong or right answers. Just writing, spitting stuff out, writing it down on pen and paper. And I think, you know, whatever works for for different people is yeah. what what's going to do it. But totally. I mean, that's a good place to start. Is just getting getting a little keyboard, getting a, yeah. a cheap guitar, you know, anything. And even if you just pick it up and it's not a passion of yours or whatever, like it can still serve as like such a therapy. Um, and I think everyone can have a little bit of that in their lives. I like what you said about there being no wrong answers as well, because I feel like, especially when you're in a position that you were in or uh, whatever version somebody has of that situation, there's enough, there's enough trauma. There's enough shit going on that you have yeah. to think about that when you hold your instrument and you get into that that place, you really don't have to have any right answers. Everything yeah. everything works, and you can't have that judgment there. And really, to learn anything, I think you kind of be able to have to drop the judgment at least to a, to an extent that you can try things that are new and and kind of go further than than maybe staying on the same whatever five chords forever because you can't yeah. get them perfect. Yeah, no, I I think that's like the most valuable lesson for any musician anyone to learn really um yeah. you know um it's all trial and error and also like we've all as musicians gotten in those phases and those funks where we 
constantly are comparing our work to other people and that like what we want to aspire to be. Um, and then we kind of confine ourselves to boxes sometimes. And I think those are like the worst periods for artists a lot of the time, because once you get in the rhythm of something you love doing, I think it just, um, becomes so much more important that like you're doing what you love and not trying to do what other people will love. Totally. So, so let's, let's kind of fast forward a little bit. You came out to LA and kind of fell away from acting and fell into music. Um, And then when did the pink slips pop up? Yeah, so the pink slips um, started in my senior year of high school. Um, One of my best friends and the lead singer of the pink slips, Grace McKagan, she um, just started writing music with another couple friends of ours, Mm -hmm. knew I was a piano player and singer and just like invited me over one day and started making music and... Uh, her her dad, who's also a musician, was out on tour, and I think she sent him the song, and I think he was with, like, the Motley Crue guys and, and oh, all shit. these guys. Um, and uh, small tour. they apparently all, yeah, right? It, small tour. It was like the Kings of Chaos thing, the That's big crazy. legends of rock getting together and doing stuff in, like, South America and whatnot. Okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, basically, so I got the seal of approval from all these dope rock guys that I love, um, and we just started jamming and it just never stopped um so we've been making music since for almost 10 years now wild yeah so you guys there there's definitely probably a level of comfort when you guys get in the room that's that takes nothing but time absolutely i'm like we've gone through a ton of different members you know and different lineups i'm the only person that's stuck around you know from the very beginning um and so me and grace have a really great bond and Yeah, it's been an awesome evolution in terms of music and also just growth and maturing. It's been really fun. So when did you guys start touring? At what point were you were you at when, when the tours started happening? Yeah, so we did our first tour. It was actually a UK tour. Um, so that was a pretty awesome experience to like very first tour, yeah. go, going to a different country. Um, we went over there. It was 2015. Um, so it was about two years after we had started making music. Um, we played Download Festival over there, which is kind of like a like rock to heavy rock festival yeah. um, all around Europe. And those are pretty crazy. So at like 19, experiencing that, I was like, whoa, like this is, it had never been more, you know, like full on answered to me that I was going to be a musician and that's like what I want to do that, until yeah. I got to do that first tour. It's got to um, be addicting. Yeah, it was truly addicting and, you know, getting dirty and riding in a, a bus or van, you know, and you, you grow so close with the people you're with. So, yeah, so that was the first. And then since then, we've had the opportunity to go on a ton of really, really cool, um, you know, bills with Alice in Chains and Guns N' Roses. And Holy it's been, been awesome, so... So what's it like to be on a, a bill like that when you're with some of these people that I'm sure you grew up on? Yeah. yeah. Is that like reassuring that that you're you're doing the right thing or does it make you want to want to kind of go even further and make you more hungry? It's a little bit of both. Um, you know, it definitely gives you that assurance, you know, yeah. that okay, like I'm doing something right if I'm doing totally. these awesome things and then you reflect on okay, where I've come from and how far you've gotten in the last whatever you know five ten years yeah. um 
And so it's extremely assuring in that sense. However, there is kind of that sense of like, when you're on stage and you're the first of three acts, um, you know, and the last one's Guns N' Roses or something, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, okay, like, there's a lot more to, a lot more to do and yeah. a lot more to go. Um, and this shows me how much, how important it is to just grind your ass off, you know, and, and really do it so committedly, you know, every single day and, you know, treat it, treat it as, you know, your job, but also, yeah. you know, it's what you love. Yeah. It's what you love. So you clearly, um, like what you do considering you're doing it again. <laughs> but by yourself this time. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your solo project. It's this crazy name that you thought up. Yeah, in insane name, <laughs> right? Um, I owe it to my mom for thinking of that one. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just under Trent Pelts. And uh, I love it. yeah, basically, I mean, I've always written music. Like my solo music has always been at the core of my artistry, um, no matter who I've been writing with or what groups I've played with. Um, and so I've always wanted to do this, um, but basically just never really had the time to in college thought I would, you know, and just didn't end up doing it. Um, life happens, life happens. And so when COVID hit, um, I was actually living at home because of COVID <laughs> and my grandpa, who has always been super supportive. He was living there as well. And he, basically said like, okay, well, we're going to be stuck here for a long time. Like what music equipment do you need and recording equipment do you need to make and finally like record your album while we're going to be stuck here? Wow. And so he bought me, I literally wrote a list and he bought me every single thing I needed to make a home studio, like a nice, nice setup. Yeah. Um, and it was just the nicest thing that anyone, anyone had ever done for me. And I really started just grinding, honing in on my sound that I'd been trying to find for a long time. Totally. Um, and just really sent it and was working really, really late nights every day, you know, for a long time, um, kind of pulling from all the different phases of my, you know, songwriting yeah. um, and putting this this concept album together, um, cool, which basically reads like a story. And it's uh, Can you I'm say really what it's called. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Crossing Bridges. It's there's a, a song on the on the album called Crossing Bridges. So title, Unreal. title track. Um, How many songs? It's 11 songs. Beautiful. Yeah, with that's two, two like, like instrumental interludes. I think that's perfect because that's like an, a good amount. It's enough to be an album, but it's also digestible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, totally. I, I I like the like 11 to 13 songs. I think that's like the perfect amount to have in an album. Same. I'm right there with you. I, I commend the, the people who put out, you know, 40, 50 song albums for um, sure. But... <laughs> I, oh God, that's, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So where are you at as far as feeling like you found your sound? You were saying that, that that was something you were trying to hone in during COVID when, when your grandpa got you the gear. Do you think you found it or do you think that's something that you're still kind of progressively getting to? Yeah, I think, um, I could never possibly say, even if I'm 70 years old, that I have found my sound entirely totally. just because, you know, every artist I've ever loved and I look up to um you know history shows that you know Change. people are constantly evolving as artists as human beings that inspires the art artistry a lot mm -hmm. and um and so I think you know even I'm working on writing kind of the next album right now and even that has kind of a slightly new sound so I would say for what this album and what I wanted it to be mm -hmm. um and what I got into the rhythm of, of doing totally found the sound for that but I think every album will sound a little bit different. And, uh, you know, that's kind of just life. 
I'm excited to hear yeah. it, man. It's, yeah, I'm stoked for you to hear it, bro. It's going to be fun. And like I was saying at the beginning, which I don't think I really said well, is from the music I've heard from you, from the way you present yourself, you're very consistent. Um, you me. seem like like your goal every day, and, and this is, again, from from my perspective, is is to enjoy whatever you're doing. How did you find that? Because you were saying that this all kind of came out of a, a darker situation. How did you find the light in in all this stuff? How how did you find yourself to be such a positive person? Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question. Um, so it also kind of derives from that really dark period in my life. Um, so my my parents' divorce was an extremely vicious one. It was. A, there was a lot of hate involved, a lot of just animosity and, you know, lawsuit after lawsuit after just back and forth, just kind of revenge situation. Uh, it lasted like seven years until it was fully settled. So that that took a huge toll on me. My dad was living in Florida. I was with my mom out here. Didn't really know what my dynamic was with either of my parents. Yeah. So that, that had a lot of weight on me. Music was really my only release. And what I learned from that is kind of what not to do and uh, how not to let really, really, really tough, hard situations just totally take over your life. Um, and also, like, it probably the biggest thing it taught me that contributes the most to my, like, personality and, and just, like, trying to be as optimistic and positive as possible all the time yeah. is this feeling of, like, never having regrets. Um, I, you know, I think less so in like the yolo way but, totally but much more so in the sense of like you have to be here in the present you yeah. know and like you can't do anything whatsoever about something that's happened you know before Absolutely. and so i think just taking every day as it comes and um you know being excited and looking forward to the future and yeah. that you know if you have a bad day the next day can be 10 times better if you make it yeah, so it's up to you yep so, so that's really really what it comes down to kind of to to wrap this up what would you tell somebody, I know we said before what you would tell somebody in that situation, what would you tell somebody who found their way out of the situation like you did and, and now wants to start their career? What is, what is the best thing that they could be doing in order to get their feet kind of planted in the ground? What, how did you start? Yeah, I mean, I think the best way to do it is try to meet as many people as possible, um, you know, and not in the the schmoozy, you know, <laughs> like networking way necessarily. It's all networking, but in the sense that like the more people you meet, the more opportunities you have to grow, put yourself in, you know, uncomfortable and out of your comfort zone situations. Absolutely. And, um, and, and also like the more people you meet, the more perspectives you, you gain, you know, about the industry or a person's playing style, um, and I think like that has contributed to my growth as a person and as an artist, hands down more than anything. Um, yeah. It's why I chose not to go to music school for college, um, so I could be around new and different perspectives. Um, Interesting. I think that grew me in ways that I could never even put into words. Totally. So, so um, really, just being as diverse in your possibilities let do as much as you can to see as much as possible and as many different perspectives as yep. possible. Absolutely. I love it, man. And, um, and practice every day. I think practice, that, <laughs> practice, 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 practice. If you guys see this kid play piano or sing, you'll understand what practice can do to you. <laughs> it's, it really does make, make the difference. It does everything. And it, really, it really also does. gets you to a point where you can have fun every fucking time you play your instrument. Oh, absolutely. And that's, absolutely. that's at the end of the day, what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. 
dude thank you so much for coming dude. on my boy let's thank tell you everybody so, one so more much. time his album is coming out his debut album on his solo project is coming out april 8th april 8th yeah and let's i'm so it. excited to listen go pre-save go tell your friends go tell your friends moms go tell your friends dads they need to know this man's gonna blow the fuck up <laughs> we're all ready for it thank, thank you, you brother. for coming on dude dude it was a pleasure Appreciate to have it. you. All right. I'm Trent Peltz, and this is an experiment. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. The experience is the experiment. <laughs>